Hello and welcome back to the Collins Hotel in Uptown New Orleans. I'm Grant Morris and this is Happy Hour. It's time again where we all sit down and have a drink while we're sitting here at the Collins Hotel looking out at the beautiful streetcar rattling up and down under slightly overcast skies in an afternoon where I'm sitting around joined by three very different women this afternoon. This show is booked by three different producers and somehow we end up with three totally different people each show. So my special guests this week are Sergeant Yolanda Jenkins from the New Orleans Police Department, 6th District. Yes. Mm -hmm. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, and you? I'm doing fine, thank you very much, officer. Are you you likely to... (laughs) I haven't done anything wrong, have I? No. You, I don't, that look is scary. Not yet. Is that, that smile is nice. Okay, that's nice. My other guest sitting across from me is Stephanie Bruno, who is a... I actually, I noticed that your name is R. Stephanie Bruno. It is R. Stephanie Bruno. And what does the R stand for? It stands for the real Stephanie Bruno. R for real. <laughs> there are imposters there, out there. Is there someone else Beware. And so this is the real Stephanie Bruno yeah, we have. Yeah, you got the that, real Stephanie Bruno We know that Bruno because today. of the R. Indeed. Thank God for that. Tina Jameson is with us as well, who's a singer-songwriter and the front person for a band called Smashing Blonde. Woo, yes. There you go. Are you an, <laughs> is that really a real blonde? Yes. That's your natural color? Yes. $10 a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> so I was thinking that the other title that we could have for the show is Four Non Blondes. Remember that mm-hmm. band? Yes. Instead, we're talking this show is called Beat Walker, Street Walker. It's actually called Beat Beat walker, street walker, isn't it? Because you're the beat person, Tina. You're the beat walker, Officer Jenkins. Sergeant Jenkins, I see. And you're the street walker, Stephanie. Now, for people who aren't familiar with exactly how long you've been a prostitute, how long was (laughs) this? Well, I took up the trade in 2007 after I left working for the Preservation Resource Center. But since actual street walking in the prostitute style didn't really net me a lot of money. Instead, I started street walking for the Times-Picayune, looking at houses and neighborhoods. And that actually just turned out to be better than my prostitute career. It's better than banging guys constantly. <laughs> I didn't have that many customers. That was the problem. <laughs> well, that is it. Now, Teenage because boys, prostitu- that was it. <laughs> Prostitution is Ill- illegal, right? Yes, it is. Is it illegal? But where does the, where does the term street walker come from? Exactly. Well, Our sure Stephanie, the real Stephanie. They walk up and down the streets wearing fishnet hose and bustiers and tiny ah, little mini skirts and <laughs> strutting their stuff. That's what that's what a streetwalker does. I know that's the that's the sort of the general sort of stereotypical hawker, but is that what happens actually, Officer Jenkins? It kind of changes the name. They no longer want to be called prostitutes. Oh, a prostitute, so it's streetwalkers. So it's a. I don't want to say it's a better name, but. More but but uh, but uh, are you coming? Do you come across many hookers in your on your on the beat? Not really. No, it's not a big thing, or as a, a more of a closed thing. It's not really anything big that we see. So day. they're not on this. In the, this is the sixth. What is the sixth district exactly? Sixth district runs um, from Calio all the way to Annunciation, all the way back down Louisiana Avenue to Carrollton. So and so for people outside New Orleans who are listening to this who are wondering exactly what that is, is that dangerous territory or cool territory? It's a mixture. Central City. Central City is bad, no, crime-wise, really. isn't it? It has its ups and downs. It depends on what area you're in, so that's what it depends on which area you're in. Better than the 7th Ward, wouldn't yes. you say, crime-wise? Yes, yes. yes. What... Do you well my, anyway? Back to my original question: um, How many prostitutes are you seeing in that area? And one of the, one of the, the more the interesting question is: Are they walking up and down, or are they stationary? Both. It depends on the time of the day. What time do they walk mostly? 
when they see the cops. (laughs) 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 Mostly during the daytime, they may walk, and but nighttime, they're just in one location waiting to pick up somebody. Yeah, that's I'm more familiar with the. one location sort of aspect of, of prostitution. I thought and that how that's are stri- you familiar with just it? From, <laughs> just from movies and television. I thought that, um, that walking around was sort of like stereotypical, but really what they do is hang out standing still and then guys pull up in their cars. Isn't that what happens today more often? Yes, more often, yeah. Like I said, during the daytime, maybe walk around nighttime, maybe just hanging out, trying to find locations, somebody to pick them up from that location. So and do you ever been involved in any of these police stings, undercover thing? Where you? No. Never? Never. So what do you do all day? I'm the community coordinating sergeant. I deal with the community, the, 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 the faith-based organizations, uh, any organization, homelessness. So I do kind of stuff like that and work with them. Are you walking around on the beat like we've I walk. suggested? I walk. I ride a bike. I ride. I mean, I get around. Do they give you a segue? Eventually, we're going to be getting one tonight. Oh, that's a oh, good idea. That's wow. going to be donated to us tonight from the first awesome. NBC Bank. That's, That's interesting because I saw that um, I saw that online. I thought it was probably came from the Onion or something, but that really is true. Yes, that's really true. It said that the chief of police is going to ride it himself. Yes. And are you going to get to keep this thing after he yes. rides it? It's going to go to the station. Yes. So who gets it in the morning when they come down? I want the Segway. It depends <laughs> on how, how many people are trained, and then we'll. Can we train to there. ride a Segway? Pardon me, officer, but how difficult is it to ride a Segway? Do you? I don't know. Have I'm you tried, Grant? No, no. You no. haven't even tried. I haven't, so but you, you, can, you can rent them down in the French Things could be tricky. But it's more of a balance thing. Yeah. So if you don't have a good balance, you're going to fall. So more balance, and you're going to realize you're getting up and down on the curve. and so. <laughs> how fast do they go? I think like maybe 20-something. Oh, so you can chase someone down on your Segway. Yeah, but I wouldn't think it'd be good to do. <laughs> you wouldn't? No. This Why? is going to change the movie industry. <laughs> you have to realize. Is it? Segway's the racing segway, down yeah, the street. Right. <laughs> well, going 20 miles an hour, nobody can run 20 miles an hour. Yeah, even but you have to realize, Kenya. we live in New Orleans. The streets are not that good. Oh, oh, sidewalks, bumps. Right. If I'm being chased with a butcher knife, I can run pretty fast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. That's a good point. You're going down the, si- the sidewalk on your Segway in New Orleans, you'll be off in five seconds. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, not such and the streets aren't any better. Well, you would know, Stephanie. You're walking. How many miles a day do you walk around doing this gig? Well, not as many as you would think. Let's just leave it at that. Okay. I do one What's column a week. How many? One col- <laughs> I yeah. do one column a week, so I take one walk a week. So you pick it. The column is really like a street. Like it's a block. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a different block in a different neighborhood every week, and sometimes it'll be tied to something that's going on in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. a crawfish boil or a fish fry or a fundraiser. Sometimes it's just where I want to go. Someplace Someone's I invited yet. you to a fish fry. Sometimes people invite me places. No, but I, I mean, like I might find that that surprising, given that you probably know a few people. But <laughs> you come from an old New Orleans family here, right? Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. My family's been here for about 150 or 160 years. That's old. I was raised here. And so over time, one does make acquaintances. And some of them are still talking <laughs> to you and invite you to a crawfish boil, and then you mercilessly use that to write a column in the newspaper. Of course I do. And sometimes I'll say, you have to come see my block. I have such an interesting block. Oh, people try and get you to come and do stuff. Oh, yeah, so definitely. I thought you were doing some sort of historical research, and that's how you found it, but it's really just based on who invites you to a fish fry. Uh, something like that. Or so a happy hour. I mean, when I <laughs> right. leave here, I'm likely to go do a street walk on St. Charles Avenue and around Columns Hotel or something. Any Anybody ever come up to you like the cops or anything and say, what are you doing here? Well, sometimes the neighbors are a little suspicious yeah. of this woman 
walking up and down the street and snapping pictures. Usually they think I'm with the tax assessor's office <laughs> and that I'm going to raise their taxes. So um, I have to dispel that notion pretty quickly. What would happen to you if they... Well, I think I'd get run back to yeah. my car and run out the neighborhood. <laughs> what do they say when they find out you're doing an article about them in the newspaper? Then they blossom like roses. They're so excited that their block is going to be in the newspaper, and they want to tell me everything about their neighborhood and who lived where, when, and how long they've been there and what they love about it. And that's the funnest part of the job is, is getting is to talking meet to people. people. Mm-hmm. Have you met anyone who you've become friends with or seen again after the show? I mean, uh, after the, you know, interview? Um, I've met some people whose houses I've gone back to visit because um, they've said, you've got to come inside now and see the such and such that we did to our kitchen. And I'll say, I'm terribly sorry, but I, I <laughs> can't go do that right fry. now. And uh, <laughs> so I'll go back later and see it. So I get some stories for the times picking in that way by going into total strangers' right. houses. It, I get recipes for turkey necks I get all kinds of great benefits from street walking crab oil. Do, you, yeah. uh, do you eat turkey necks Tina? yes how do you prepare turkey necks? crab oil mm-hmm. crab oil <laughs> crab oil you mix up a bunch <laughs> so of turkey food, necks yes. in a, with Zatarain's crab oil or something you use yes. turkey legs turkey necks yes put some seasoning in and let yep. it boil is that what you, you do use to your is the crab yes. oil? Yeah. Yes. So this well, is something food, we yeah. Corn on a cob, throw it all in there, your potatoes, mm-hmm. the whole thing, and then you got like a meal on a pot. Yes. So this is something we all have in common, you three women, from completely different backgrounds and different occupations Alas, you have ages. never had turkey necks. You all make turkey necks <laughs> with crab boil. <laughs> no, my, the recipe I got did not involve crab boil. So oh. now I know the real recipe. Well, I'm Cajun, so yes. that's how we that's how we roll. <laughs> that's the, the Cajun that's stick crab oil and everything. <laughs> do, you, do you make your own crab boil? No, no. You get stuff out of a packet. It's a bottle. A bottle of crab yeah. oil. Yes. What kind of chemicals does that have in it? I wonder. Must be something great. Something spicy, <laughs> seasoned, all in one. What are you using, Yolanda? Are you using the same sort of same bottle of crab oil? Mm-hmm. What color is that? That's that weird red-looking yes. brownie stuff. That just looks like chemicals to me. I mean, what, could, what else could it be? It must be chemicals. Spice. It's spicy. It's spicy. It's spice of life. Pepper. Dissolved in something. Mm-hmm. In That's something. the chemical. High fructose corn syrup. <laughs> and, yeah. No. I wonder what's on the bottle. Sweet, Have a look on the bottle next time and take a look and see what you're eating. With the turkey necks. And where do the turkeys come from? I mean, that's Pepper, an... spice, garlic. That's... Where do you get the turkey necks from out there in Cajun land? Uh, we have Matherns Supermarket. Matherns. Mm-hmm. Where do you live, anyway? Out in St. John Parish. Which is? West. It's out of New Orleans. He's not from here, so oh. he won't. We're, 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 like we're, about, we're about 20, 25 minutes west of New Orleans. West is past the airport. Correct. Oh, Good. Lord. Good. What is that actually called? New Zealand? Yeah, come on. <laughs> what are you, is, that, is that Laplace where you were talking yes. about? Yes. So, so it was famous for Andouille sausage right. and all occasion. So how many, uh, how, many, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. how many rock chicks are living out there in Laplace? Probably a lot, actually. But you just haven't met them all? No. What do you, I'm <laughs> kind of uh, introvert at home. I'm a songwriter, so I just sit home and write songs, and then I'm always in the city playing those so, so that's, that's your life you sit at home writing songs and then you get up and go to New Orleans and play them I do I sit around writing songs all day setting Eating up different gigs 
boiling up the turkey. Boiling now. turkey. Now. <laughs> hey, why don't you play us a song then, Tina? I'll do that. I'm going to sing a song for you that are right here to stay, and uh, this is going to be on our CD this summer. Okay, this is for the band Smashing Blonde. Correct. Okay, cool. He was walking by my door He had tangles in his hair He didn't have a care He had his headphones on As he shuffled through a crowd He's singing right out loud He's singing right out loud Loud upon my door He grabbed me by my hand He took me to the promised land He had a hit from this As he stumbled through the crowd He's singing right out loud He's singing right out I opened up my eyes And I see him walk away I close my eyes and he's right there to stay He was right there to stay And he has a secret plan that someday we will leave He's got a trick up his sleeve And he leaned in real close And he grabbed me by my face He took me to another place He took me to another And I opened up my eyes And I see him walk away I close my eyes And he's right there to stay He was right there to stay he was right there to stay. He was right there to stay. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. That was beautiful. A little nervous. <laughs> I got through it. Yeah, you started laughing in the middle there. Is yeah. that, was that from nerves? Or I thought, yeah, I I thought you were looking at, you. at me and I did yeah. something. Yeah, I was like... <laughs> I perhaps, I still, perhaps I shouldn't have been looking at you. Is it, is it rude to look at someone when they're singing? Eye contact. Yeah, I, I, had, I tried to make... You don't have many really songs, uh, people writing songs about people wanting to stay. Men, that's about a man? Actually, I was kind of writing for a movie. That I had in mind, yeah. and uh, to get the song in a movie, kind of get inspired. this character going in my head, and he's just flopping down the street and just being careless, and just kind of started writing and kept going with the story, and there it was. <laughs> so it's not about a particular incident no. that happened. No, it happened to you. No, was it about? Je- I thought it was about Jesus. Did you guys think yes, it was about Jesus? Did. You, you did. did. So I was by my side, and yes. There you go. Oh, well. oh I totally missed that. <laughs> I, I totally. Because totally. you're a heathen. <laughs> I am a heathen a, and a pagan and a non-believer, heart. and I didn't even remotely get Jesus. Did you, <laughs> I what, did. what made you think of that, you think, Yolanda? Are you a religious person? Yes. He was right there by my side, that's some right. of the words, and yeah. so I just thought that's what it was about. <laughs> Have you been religious your whole life, or did it come to you later? 
whole life raised and born Baptist I'll do church. more funky so. blues for you next there time. You. <laughs> <laughs> what, what part of the city were you born and raised in? Uptown. Uh, for seven in Constant. So. so you're an uptown girl? Yes. People have a funny thing when they say uptown in New Orleans. They think of sort of white rich kids. No, uptown. You don't think that? Uptown. Yeah, that's what I always think. I always think when people say, oh, it's so uptown, that place is so uptown, all those people are so uptown, or that always has a connotation to me of sort of of white privilege. No, we're just uptown, downtown, just, I guess... Us, it tells us the directions of which which way you're going, and, and that's New like north, and, south, east, and west yes, here. Right. Uptown, uptown, downtown. Yeah, I mean that so was the west oldest. Bank, yeah. The oldest uh, divisions were between uptown and downtown, and the the American sector and the Creole sector, and Canal Street being the dividing point, mm-hmm. and you know the opposite sides being very different and yes. not always totally friendly. It was even true with Mardi Gras Indian tribes, wasn't it? Yes. It was the downtown Indians and the Indians uptown and everything. Nightwall Indians, so all they played yeah. a big part. So the Creole culture and the American culture after uh, the Louisiana Purchase. So always the great divide on Canal Street. Well, you grew up uptown a lot after a long time after the Louisiana Purchase. <laughs> <laughs> and so did you, Stephanie. Yes, but they, they, these, even I grew up after even, the Even the real <laughs> Stephanie Bruno. But, um, but I think those, some of those patterns still endure. I think there are people but, downtown who have a certain <coughs> perception of uptown, uh, uptown. somewhat well, yes. like you said. And their perception and is of, of rich white women driving around in an SUV. That's Only because you're thinking about the other side of St. Charles Avenue. So one side of St. Charles, the other side, uptown, down. So, but no. So one side of St. Charles Avenue uptown is is rich, and the other side is not so rich. No, well, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. You're thinking when you say little rich. I don't know. I'm thinking what other people are thinking. <laughs> you're thinking what I'm thinking. Other people think. I think so you never think what other people are thinking. I'm trying I to think put it's totally on. original and usually off off course. Somewhere off. So you grew up uptown. Yes. And what kind of a life were you growing up? And was it like? sweet childhood and everything was wonderful or was it everything was wonderful my parents didn't play when they say do something we did and we went to public schools it was five of us we lived in an apartment um scatter sites matter of fact so raised like the regular kids but respected our parents so that was the main difference That's between your generation and the generation difference. whom you're currently policing yes very different what happened i think we got mixed up in that baby boom where um, teenagers were taking care of kids and it was just so much going on where we weren't paying attention and now it's here. So you have kids raising kids and grandmas, grandmothers raising kids. So that's the problem. Is that the problem? That's one of the problems, yes. It has a lot to do with yeah. education, kids raising kids. And all of that's a big problem for us now. Or just not being raised at all. Yeah. In a lot of cases, mm-hmm. just ignored and neglected, basically. You have kids too, right? I do. Tina. I have two children. And are they... Are they, are they well-behaved, young? Very much so. I have two very... I was just very, very lucky. They're not uh, involved on in the wrong side of the law or anything? No. The CIA? No. My son actually um, got stopped by the CIA, CIA this morning uh, for having a cell phone on unauthorized property. Hmm. So he was interrogated and then released... And he called me, and he was like, oh, my God, Mom. That would be very scary. <laughs> How old this, is he? See, he's in Seattle right now. Yes, uh, he's Sergeant 21. Jenkins, take over the interrogation. Because <laughs> there's something wrong he's with the story, innocent. right? Yeah. Go ahead. My baby's innocent. 
I guess it's more of a more of a shock. I mean, his first time ever being stopped by the yeah. police or whatever. Well, he, he they had to let him C-I-A. get because he has a high security yeah. clearance and everything. Wow. So. Oh, then he had to phone in an unauthorized place, so that plays a big part. Mm. Right. But he was allowed. They just didn't know that he had the clearance to do so. So yeah. Oh, well, that's Sergeant Jenkins, you must be able to do a better job on this. I'm not, believe, I'm not believing anything here. Yeah. Well, I, I can understand why they stopped him. I mean, not that was knowing a weird that phone call. location. What, what location? Where was he exactly? He's in Seattle, Washington. Yeah, but what location in Seattle? That I cannot Top disclose. Secret. You're not allowed to can't disclose that. Do you know the answer? No, to that? I don't know the answer. So to that. all you know is that your kid calls up and says, "Hey, mom, guess what? I was stopped by the CIA." Correct. Oh my! Is he <laughs> is he a drug addict of any description? Never done drugs in his life. So he really was stopped by the CIA. Correct. Hmm. Oh my goodness! Would you believe it? you've got two boys as I, well? I Stephanie. do, and one's a straight arrow, and the other is a big fan of yours, Grant. So I don't know what to say <laughs> about him. <laughs> you've got one of each, in other words. You've got a normal wow. kid and some it's messed true. up poor some little with guy. Sad delusions. Two I different don't know. kids. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, can we get back to the CIA for a minute? Yeah, sure. So how do you get a security clearance in the first place? What does he do? Can it's, you say what he does? I, I really can't talk about that. What's his name? His name is Paul. Paul. Is that his real name? Yes, it is. So it's R. Paul Jameson. Paul. The real Paul. R. Paul Jameson, the real Paul Jameson. Okay, and he's uh, and he's like a, some sort of a spy or something. My <laughs> son, the spy. Not a spy. You are so bad. You should leave her alone. She can't talk about this. Oh, you're allowed to say something about it. Yolanda and I agree that you should You think I should stay off it? Get off it? Stay off it. Okay. Okay, Stephen. And I don't want to get arrested, and I don't want him to get arrested. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Could you get arrested? No, I probably could not, but... Well, then we're okay, then. Let's keep going on it. (laughs) That's a pretty amazing thing. So, what does your other kid do? She's in high school. She's in high school. Okay. And how old is your oldest kid? My oldest is 21. Wow. wow. Look, could you believe that she's a 21-year-old kid? <laughs> Impossible. You look like a child. Okay. That's pretty interesting. So, is he, he's a good kid. Do they get Very paid, good. Do they get paid well, these spies? Uh, actually, they were informed <laughs> that they're not getting job. paid at all. The spies don't get paid anymore. Is that because of the government cutbacks? Correct. Really? We're just going to yes. stop funding the spies? I had, I'm going to have to make his car note because they're not paying the military this week. Yay. And you're a wow. singer-songwriter. Correct. And we're asking the singer-songwriters in our society to pay for the military? Correct. That's bizarre. That's, that is totally bizarre. <laughs> well, if I want him to keep his car, yeah. This is the other side of, of what goes on in D.C. that we don't know, hear anything about. They just, I mean, what, you can't, I don't have to tell us what he does, but he works for the United States government, He's right? in intelligence, yes. He's in intelligence. He's a federal agent of some description. And they're just not going to pay them this week? If you're in the military, they were pulled in and told that they will not be getting paid for this pay period. But eventually they'll be paid. I mean, eventually paid. they'll be paid, but not any time now. Because the government lost, the, what, the dog ate their homework or something? What, <laughs> I, what I suppose. I have no idea. I'm not into... I think mysterious things happen yes. like that. We never fully get an explanation. It's like, yeah. So, but with the only thing that bothers me is they still have to do their job, but they just don't get paid. Not yeah. only does he have to do his job, but he gets harassed by the CIA. I know. I know. Poor and he's kid. calling mom, saying, yeah. Mom, I got harassed by the CIA. And P.S. Could you, <laughs> he said they could let you pay him go. He said they let me go. Okay. <laughs> he was well, not well, detained, well, at least. Yeah, no, no. He's not in jail. No Gitmo no. for him. <laughs> well, no, well, I would not be here. I would be <laughs> flying to Seattle. Good heavens. Do you have to arrest people, Yolanda, as a daily part of your job, or are you more on the sort of liaison being nice to people? 
being nice. But if I have to make an arrest, I can. Mm-hmm. I try not to. I try to talk it out and see what's going on. <laughs> but now, I don't have to. I won't. Which is sad. <laughs> but so there's no there's no quota system that says everybody in a blue shirt has to go and arrest so many people a day. No, we don't have a quota <laughs> system. It's just what my job, just getting to know the people in the, in the community and just maybe seeing what they need. Do people in your in the 6th District hate the cops or like the cops? They love the they do, for real. Yes, we do a lot of community activities in the 6th, right. and we have um, groups that come do meetings in our station, so they, they love the place in the 6th. So how many murders are there in your district? I think we're at about 9 or 10 so far. I'm not sure the numbers, but... 9 or 10 for what, this week, this, this year? This year, <laughs> this year. But you have to realize each district has so district. many. Yeah. So that's, that's not that bad. No, it's not. No, uh, I don't know what the numbers were last year. I don't know if they were higher, or we higher now, or what. But I don't, it's not that bad. When you go into the police, when you become a policeman, and you go to the ac- police one person, and you go to the academy, you don't know where you're going to end up. You don't know that you're going to end up being a liaison and being well. No, because when I first community development. When I got out of the academy, I was sent to the eighth district, which is the business district. So I stayed there a while, and eventually went on to work in juvenile. From juvenile, working in schools, and then doing this. So it depends. Is it what made you want to become a cop? Isn't it scary? It's crazy because I was a social worker and decided I wanted to do something different mm-hmm. and chose this job. Don't ask me why. I just chose and you're still a social worker. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it's still a social worker job. When you yeah, say perfect. don't ask you why, that's kind of what I'm asking you. Being a social worker, just wanted to know, wanted Help to meet people. more people and, and chose this job. What was the social work gig that you had? What were you doing? I worked with persons with developmental disabilities in group homes, so and I enjoyed that job. And I just kind of got burned out and wanted to do something different, but still work with people. Right. So I chose the police department. And what they say when you fronted up there? We almost do the same thing. Yeah, I worked with the elderly for a lot of years. So you, you can get it. Just want to help. Yeah. And just. And that's what drove you to writing songs. Um, I always wanted to do that, um, but as my kids were growing up, I had to make a living. So I worked as uh, in in a, an acute rehab hospital with the elderly and did that for a long time. Love the old people; mm-hmm. they're so cute. <laughs> do they do they leave you anything in their will? These old <laughs> they do not. <laughs> so there's no incentive. For but like when to they hang see me, they tell me how they're doing and stop me in the store. <laughs> Oh, give really? me a hug. You yeah. still have people who are alive from when you... You're not still doing it. <laughs> They're still alive. Um, we tried to get them well. It was the point of rehab recovery. <laughs> okay, I guess that <laughs> So, yeah, I see them around town, and they stop and tell me how they're doing. And and what do you do now to support yourself that you have to pay? I am not employed right now. I was actually laid off. So from I'm, the I'm ho- actually from looking for work again. You laid off from the old folks home? From the day job, yes. It's the- not an old folks home, but yeah. Yeah, okay. Why, why'd they lay off if you're taking care of people? Um, cutbacks. Cut so backs. who's supposed to look after these old folks if you... The nurses, I imagine. It's a strange world, isn't it, that we fire people who are looking after old people. We don't pay the military. Yeah. Well, it's sort of it's, your world. It's odd, really. I'm sorry, I don't understand the question. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's sort of a weird situation. Yeah, yeah. You I know? mean, I did that for a long time. I wrote 12 years working wow. with elderly. Yeah. Wow. Well, so they just kind of were like, we're sorry to let you go. 12 years. You can work with someone for 12 years, and they just tell you one day you're not needed anymore. Correct. Non-essential. Yes, that's what we're coming to now. Yeah. Non-essential workers are... 
You've got a lot of job security in your job, though, Johanna, because they're firing cops left and right here in New Orleans. Every day. Every day. <laughs> Poor baby. Every day there's somebody else. Yeah. You read in the paper, like, I got fired, and a guy yeah. did something it, wrong, another guy did something wrong, another guy beat someone up, had to go. It's sad that lied it has to go something. that way, but yeah, that seems the way it's going now. But it's going to be good. It's, it's, it's stuff that's coming out, and it's going to make us better, and it's going to make us stronger. And yeah, I think getting rid of people who are bad cops would be a, a pretty sensible idea yes. obviously but it just seems amazing it's as better a, than keeping them around <laughs> yeah it seems incredible how many there are yeah it's not a, you think of, you think it's a large amount but it's not compared to the place, yeah. the, the size we have it's not how so, big is the force overall we have over i want to say 1100 mm-hmm. police officers maybe more than that but it's but it's, i mean for the amount it's not a lot it's so just if you're that, talking about a dozen it's maybe what is that one percent or something yeah this percentage is very low at the most so, I mean, it's a good thing. It's, it's something that needs to come out, something we need to get rid of and so we can build and then the public can earn the trust us again. So. How do these guys get in in the first place? Basically, go to the academy, do the background checks. I guess at the beginning, everything's fine and just, you know. People just go bad. They just fall on the wayside. Yeah. It's like Stephanie started off as a normal Yeah, I was. I had jobs. <laughs> I yeah. reported to work every day, and now I just walk the streets. You just walk around. <laughs> Right about it. How did you talk the the Times Picayune into letting you do a job like that? Well, I segued into it. It was carefully planned. I was doing other stories, and then I came up with this one. And fortunately, I had a wonderful editor, Renee Peck, who has left the Picayune, but she liked the idea of the story. She said, mock one up for me and let me see what it's like. I kind of get what you're getting at. And so I did. And she still says to this day that her biggest coup of the 32 years she worked at the Times-Picayune was sneaking the name wow. of the column past her, the, her higher-ups, her bosses, because <laughs> yeah. usually they would object to Streetwalker. But um, she just kind of <laughs> put it on the column, and it stayed there ever since. My aunt actually worked at the Times-Picayune for 30 years, Jean Heigl. She- Jean Heigl. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now I've heard everything. Wait, you know her? She's my next door neighbor. Wow. No way. Yes. You lie. I swear that's to my, God. That's my mom's sister. On Coliseum yeah. Street? Yes. Oh, well, my then she's my well, around the give her address. Okay, that's almost unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yes. Jean Heigl. That is my well, aunt. You, well, you, well, then what about her uncle and auntie? Do you know who were they then? Mr. My uncle Mr. Anthony. Mr. Anthony. He's my great uncle Anthony. Yes. And his He's your great uncle. Right. And what was her he name? He passed away. Yes, he Jen- did. Jennifer. Jennifer. And Mr. Heigl, Mr. Heigl. He's a sweetheart. Looked like the Pope, looked like Pope John Paul. Yes, but so did my grandfather. Exactly. Your grandfather looked like Pope John yes. Paul, too. That wouldn't and have been so I have pictures funny, of, though. like, my, my great-grandfather in, like, some of the first parades in New Orleans. Wow. And they wore the knickers, like, the old satin mm-hmm. knickers and the weird and tights and yeah. wigs. And, yeah. and my Aunt Stella actually Six had a costume shop way. on <laughs> Magazine Street. Aunt Stella had a co- I thought she had a bakery. Who was that? Who had My the My Aunt Stella had a costume shop okay. on Magazine Street. Well, which one? Was, who was the one who Probably about bake? 35 years ago. Okay. And she used to make costumes for the Indians and sew beads onto their... And Mr. Anthony drove a streetcar. Yes. So you wow. come from a real... This is much more interesting a real New Orleans family. family. Yeah. Well, well, your family came here 150,000... I have a very interesting Yeah, that was my mother's <laughs> side. My father's side was, of course, Italian, and they of came course. in the 1880s. Bruno. And he did make a name for himself with a bar uptown on Maple Street, Bruno's. Bruno's was the... Now, that's yes. something that we all know yes. a lot about. Bruno's and Leo is- Bruno made quite a reputation for himself, and I still meet people who tell me that he 
took care of them when they were drinking at age 16 and sent them home when they got too drunk. Remember, (laughs) our drinking age, it used to be 18 here, and it was 18 here until the Fed said, we're not giving you any more uh, highway money if you keep this up. You went to high school here, obviously. I went to Newman School. Where did did you drink when you were in high school? What bar? Well, I had to go to out-of-the-way places because my father would find out otherwise. But you did drink in bars in high school? Yes, I did. Yes, Yolanda, did you drink in bars in no. high school? No. She doesn't were, drink, remember? You never drank anything. No, no. I cannot believe it. My every, parents didn't play that. I was going to bars in high school. No, no, no. But what, but what kind of parents would let kids go to bars? <laughs> did you didn't go to bars in high school? Did Your you parents don't oh, we know went about out. that oh, brand. I think they knew. No, we they didn't went out. Know. And they let us go in. Your parents let you go drinking in bars in high no, school? No, it wasn't like that. But, like, on holidays, we would all go, like, for Mardi Gras, we would go to the quarter and Yeah, but I'm talking, about, I'm talking about, in general, everybody I meet here who grew up here went drinking in bars in high school. And they had a fake ID, and everybody mm-hmm. knew it was a fake ID. The bartender right. knew. Everybody knew. Their parents right. knew. And well, back in my day, they didn't <laughs> even bother with the fake IDs. You just you just walked, walked in. in. Yeah, you just walked in because if the drinking age was eighteen and you were sixteen, there was it was like kind of maybe you kind of look eighteen. What we used to do. This is really bad because this is sort of gutter behavior. But we would go to the Lorenzo Rexall drugstore on Carrollton Avenue and I'd go in because I looked the oldest I was developed yeah. and uh, <laughs> get a pint of ancient age bourbon that we would then take to Audubon Park and mix with Coca-Cola <laughs> and sit in some of those cute little shelters in the park and, and drink together. Sort of like homeless people do today. Kind, that's what I'm saying it's kind of a gutter behavior. And, well, who were the uh, co-conspirators in this? Mostly um, short young looking high school boys who were my friends. So boys? Yes, boys. So what went on then after you'd knocked off a pint of whiskey and you're 16 years old? Is everybody having sex with each other? Or no, what? usually I'd say, well, let's go back to Lorenzo Rexall and Get another they'd pint. be puking in the bushes. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> usually that's the case. <laughs> wow. Our most, our most infamous um, outing was behind Ladder Library, our um, New Year's Eve, our sophomore year in high school. And there was a nice little enclosure surrounded by boxwood hedges. And we all had purloined a bottle of hooch from our parents under one ploy or another. And we met there on New Year's Eve, pretended we were going to Valencia. And instead, Which is a bar. No, it was oh, that's, a that's teenager that's sort of place on Valence Street yeah. where the teenagers hang yeah, out. Yeah, we right. said, oh, we're going to the dance at Valencia. And we waited long enough and instead went to uh, the Ladder Library hedge place yeah. and drank bottles of vodka. On New Year's Eve? And yeah. Was and then, okay, okay. so, so supposedly you have to go home at some point uh, well, uh, on all the these evenings. The plan was to go to my house because, of course, my father, Leo, would be going to Bruno's <laughs> on Maple Street. And that particular New Year's, he was taking my mother somewhere. This was a rare event. So the idea was we'd give them time enough and we'd go back to my house and then get in and have a party. But when we arrived at Bruno's, they were, I mean, at our house, they were still there. So we had to hang out on the street for a period of time. And unfortunately, by then, the effects of the alcohol had taken effect and we were not feeling very good. 
And this is a sort of general state of affairs, though. Now, what did you do, Yolanda, when you, you grew up in a much more sort of... Um, Civilized. Civilized. Oh. Thank you, Stephanie. <laughs> well, I played sports. That kept me occupied playing sports, played volleyball, basketball, um, played in the band. So that kind of kept me going. So I didn't have time to do anything else. What did you play in the band? Very healthy. Clarinet. Really, you still play a bit? No. Gave that up. Gave it up. Do you have any brothers and sisters? Well, you have brothers and sisters, right? Yes, I have two older. Well, everybody else is old. I have a twin sister, so. Identical twin sister? Identical twin sister. Where no. is she today? She works. She lives here. She She's works here. for the city also, so <laughs> it kind of confuses us now. Now, how do we know that you're uh, the real Yolanda? You're the, the real Yolanda. You really don't know, because she also works for the city. Trying and to fool us with that she, uniform and all. She works in towing, so her uniform she is She works in what? Towing. Towing. Yeah, so you know, everybody's like favorite profession. Yeah, now, now that's a good one because the guy who lives down the street from me is also some sort of towing policeman. I've got the whole thing figured out. Here. What do you mean she works in towing? Does she wear a police uniform? She wears a uniform almost similar to mine, but it's not a police; it's for the city. But it's, it's a tow- but the towing guys aren't cops, actually. No, no. Ah, I have a question about towing. Mm-hmm. If there is a curb cut, this was a dilemma I faced last weekend at the French Quarter Festival. If there's a curb cut, but there's a solid fence there that obviously is not a driveway, can you park there? Are there signs saying no parking? Nope. What is a curb cut? You know, it's where they have the things in the curb that make it so that you can drive yeah, in like a driveway. A driveway. It like, yeah. used to a be a driveway. It looks like a driveway. It used to once upon a time. But that's not a driveway anymore. Apparently Signs. not. I would say you could park you there. You could park there. Yes. Yes. Well, that's good because my car was still there at oh. the end of French <laughs> Quarter Fest <laughs> and I was worried all day yeah. long. Yeah. And what did your sister do before she went into towing? She's been doing that for a long um, while. So that's what she's been doing. Are you, and you're identical twins. Identical twins. So do you... You would think you would have the same... Are you supposed to have the same sort of ideas? Do you have the same sort of ideas? No, I guess after growing up, and everybody always thought you were always alike, it's time to get your own identity, and that's what we did. Oh, yeah. You go there, I'm going to go here. We don't want to be... Do you have the same anything, the same, you know, like they say, you know, if you feel pain, she feels pain. No, no. Nothing no, like that. Nothing Let's like try that. it. Yeah, no. Do you both like mashed potatoes? Yeah, well, yes. <laughs> That's a very interesting question, Stephanie. Well, I mean, Thank but you. But I understand that sometimes twins have similar likes and dislikes of really sort of minute things. But mashed potatoes is a very common food substance. Why would well, that I'm be? Not wild about mashed potatoes? Are you? <laughs> yeah, I love, I love mashed potatoes. You love mashed <laughs> you love potatoes? Too, you yes. Yeah. What about I'm, you, Tim? Yes. How, How about you? anchovies? <laughs> How do you feel about no. anchovies? No, no not anchovies. No. no. I love anchovies. You okay, see? Okay, because you're Italian. I don't know what it is. It's something and you about still, me. you still live in the same house. You were saying before that your grandparents. No, my parents you, bought in 1944. So I haven't gone very far. You're still living in it. That's pretty good. Did you have brothers and sisters? Uh-huh. Two so sisters and a half-brother. How come you got the house? Well, they were all sort of reprobates in one way or the other and couldn't really afford the house. So You didn't have to buy the house I off your own I bought them all out. Oh, you bought them out? <laughs> they were thrilled to have the cash. Okay. And are they still talking to you? Or what? Uh, yes. I, all of them that are living are still talking to me. Now, that doesn't mean I do wow, anything. I, say, I did didn't bump them all. It's nothing like that. It's not any kind of mafia thing. No, you're, but, uh, you're not involved in the mafia, surely, are you? Not personally, no. <laughs> Who is? Well, I, I always wondered about my father because I had one of those conversations <laughs> with him like Meadow and Tony Soprano had. Do you all remember that episode when she asked him if he was in the mafia? 
And he said, there's no such thing as the mafia. I had that exact conversation with my father on the way to Elmwood Plantation, which was run by one of the Marcello brothers. We were going there for lunch. It was on River Road. And he said, there's no such thing as the mafia, dear. I'm not saying that there isn't a group of people who look out for one another's interests, but there's no such thing as the mafia. And when we arrived at Elmwood Plantation, a long black limousine pulled up and men with black shirts and white ties got out and they all embraced my father and said, oh, Leo, and kissed him on the cheeks and things. And I was being Dorothy. There's no such thing as the mafia. There's no such thing as the mafia. There's no such thing as the mafia. But Okay, I'm not talking about that because I want to leave here. Yeah. <laughs> We've gone to, go to the CIA, the military, the mafia, the police, yeah. and now the mafia. We've got every, everybody walking. who's in control. The so it's kind of uh, natural that you're attracted to prostitution then. I would think so. Yeah, street walking. What do you think your dad did in the mob? You what know, did he do for real? What was his I, real I don't know, because I thought that the thing about being in the mob was making money. And he yeah. didn't really seem to, unless he <laughs> squandered it on girls. Had it on he had a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He had Maybe a, he wasn't very successful <laughs> at being in the mob. What field. did he ostensibly do? There's a person with a dog in here. What did he ostensibly do for a real job? Well, he owned Bruno's oh, on he Maple a, Street. He owned a bar. And he was a rock hunter. And he went to lots of society parties and weddings and things like that without my poor mother who stayed well, now home. Why did he ditch your mom like that's the second time? I don't time know, he was it. mean. Was he really a mean he guy? He was kind of mean and when family comes. He wasn't he wasn't built to have a family. There are people like that who are built mm-hmm. to be public personas and to be out and about and have fans. Probably somewhat like you, Grant, mm. who... <laughs> I wish I was in the mob. It wasn't necessarily... I was wondering if you could make an introduction for me. Meant to be there for Easter dinner or that kind of I'm thing. I'm not quite sure what the, your impression of me is, but similar to your father. It's interesting. Well, or my son thinks you're similar to that sniper on one of his video he games. He does, that's right. He your is. son thinks I'm about, like some sort of undercover sniper. Yeah. Which is, it's got his own, the kid's got his own problems. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's just not go down that road. But you're dead. So if you own a bar called Bruno's yeah. and you're Italian in New Orleans, it doesn't seem that much of a stretch that you might be a mob guy, does I it? No, no. Absolutely not. His best friend was this man named Sam Domino, who. <laughs> wow. and for my 18th birthday, he took me to New York um, to meet his friends with the. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Sergeant Jenkins taking notes. Yeah, really. Mediterranean. <laughs> it was called the Mediterranean Import Company. Oh and the men's goodness. names were Aldo de Bellardino and Peter Tempesta. And this is your. This is your dad's friend took his 18-year-old. No, that was me. I was the 18-year-old who got taken to New York by my father. Your father took you, not his friend. Who slept all day. He'd give me cash for cabs and museums and things like that. And I went out on my own. And then at night, we'd go out to dinner with these people and then go to the Playboy Club, which was my father's... Well, I can this see, is 1969. I can see why he wasn't <laughs> taking your mom to New York. Yes, yes. Was well, a pretty interesting guy. Yeah, and, and, definitely. Uh, what what did him in in the end? Um, hard to say. I would think they'd call it natural causes, but I think it was due to all of his the unnatural fun he had in his life. <laughs> okay. And, and did he have any like anybody else that you knew around, like girlfriends or? Did, he, never, did, he, did he, your parents fight? Do you remember this blonde bimbo actress named Stella Stevens? 
Do you remember her? Well, occasionally... We could, we could Google her, I'm Yeah, sure. do Google her, please. Stella Stevens. You know but she you would... Uh, my father was... It, it was sort of an eccentric setup. He had his own room in his in our house. <laughs> what do, and what he had his that, own what phone line. Oh, oh, back in those days, that was a big deal. I mean, it was a very... It was totally bizarre. Not at all like anybody else's family. But occasionally, I'd be walking by his door, leaving the house, and he'd say, Wait a minute, baby. I got Miss Stevens on the phone. Come say hello. So apparently he had some kind of relationship with Stella Stevens. And but, did she come down here? Um, well, I never met her down here, so the, that remains a mystery, Grant. We don't know. Wow, we've really got down an interesting, interesting right. Are your parents still alive, Yolanda? No, both my parents are deceased. Yeah. And so, but your brothers and sisters are still yes. here? Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. And what do they do? Um, I have a brother that just retired from the Air Force for 20-something years. He lives in Shreveport. Another brother that lives here that drives the cab and sister that works at the casino and my twin sister. He's in town. So everyone's uh, happy and normal. Oh, yes, yes. No one's done anything crazy or... They probably have, but I may not Yeah, they don't, can't it. tell you because you're a cop. <laughs> no. Do people change their behavior around you, like at family things, when they now that you're a policeman? I'm Police doing it now. No, I'm doing it now. You are? You're on the QT, huh? <laughs> no, not at all. My family knows me. I'll, the job stays at, at the job. It does. And home is home. So yeah. we can come over to your place and smoke pot and nobody would do it. Well, they're not going to do that because I don't smoke pot, so no. But you wouldn't bust me if I came over and rolled up your Oh, job. yeah, I sure you get out Just of my house ask. and go somewhere. Go away. away. Yes. Yeah, if we were, so you came to my place, say, then and I'm smoking go- weed. Would you bust me then? I, I don't. I don't smoke anything illegal, of course, officer. Just no, no. I was just, just to tell an, you, you know, that's not great. That's not good. I would leave. Yeah, you would just walk out. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you wouldn't get the handcuffs out. No. So that's an interesting judgment call you have to make in your job, yes. right? You can't be a hard ass all the time and just. No. You have to be human. My yes. question is, when are we going to legalize marijuana? I think it's going to be a while before we do that. That's, mm-hmm. You know, it's going to go through a lot before we do it, but eventually it may happen. But it's going to be a while. I mean... Would you prefer that as a police officer? It doesn't matter because I don't, I don't smoke. No, I don't mean for you personally. I mean, as a professionally, would it be easier to, than... Is then it cool? busting, busting a whole bunch of people for smoking pot. Yes, yes, because then that lessen us going back and forth to court. And now we also going to give out the summons for it. So first offense of marijuana, we can give a summons. So, yeah. Right. Do you smoke pot, Stephanie? Not recently. Not recently? Tina, what about you? I don't smoke it. You don't? I'm not against other people doing it, though. Okay. Like your aunt. How much? My uh, aunt does not <laughs> smoke pot. <laughs> how, do you, how, do you come up, how do you get inspiration to write? Uh, just life. Your own or someone else's? Yes, my own. Different feelings or different thoughts or different emotional. Just so what wh- about this guy shuffling through the crowd with his headphones That, that on, was just kind earbuds. of imaginary, mm-hmm. and that's what I was saying. That, that was more of just sitting there kind of just in deep thought, thinking about a scenario. Mm-hmm. And when's the record coming out? Um, we're hoping to have it done by the summer. It's done, but Depends we have to get what it you mean by the master. summer in New Orleans. It feels like the summer today. Yeah, it started it two yeah. months ago, yeah. and it'll go on <laughs> yeah. for another eight months. Yeah. <laughs> we had winter, spring, summer, and fall all in one day, like a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> so what what stage is it at? It's coming out in a couple of months. It's basically. done. Yeah, it's done. I mean, we're just getting it wow. mixed and mastered, and then finalized, and then you have to get it packaged. And so you have to do everything yourself now. There's no record company involved, and there's no one paying for this, correct, or anything, correct. And what's the name of the record? We have not named it yet. 
And who's we? How many? It's got to be hard to name a record and have it be something that means something to you, and then at the same time is market worthy. That kind of thing. It is. How do you come up with them? With I mean, well, that wasn't the question at all. Who's in the band? Uh, We have Steve Lafasse. There's five of us. Steve Lafasse. He's also a singer and lead guitar player. And then we have Frank Quadrado. And he's the lead guitarist. Italian, Italian name. Sounds yeah. a little suspicious, he's, right? Frank is very <laughs> Italian. <laughs> and then we have Tommy Delbert Sr. and Tommy Delbert Jr. And Tommy Delbert Sr. Now is we're the getting a real Cajun band. Yeah. 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 But it's nothing, it's it's rock. This It's a rock band, basically. We, yeah, you call it? indie rock, acoustic. Right. Okay, what about playing something off it? Okay, I'm going to do I Surrender. Okay. Don't look at me this time. Okay. I promise not to laugh at you anymore. It's really, really good with the band live because oh, we have like we it. actually sing yeah. that in unison together. Do you scream like you know, really sell it yes. that song? Yeah. Like it's much more of a vocal yes. cry. I surrender sounds way more built up. <laughs> who thought of the title? I liked it just like that. I surrender. Yeah, who thought of the title of it? Um, I did. Okay, I write all the, the songs for the band. Um, they kind of help me with the music arrangements because. 
uh, Steve's a teacher and brilliant as <laughs> he comes up with all like the arrangements for the songs and stuff like that. Really, really talented. But I really like your vocal style. Thank you. I mean, have you worked on that, or is that what comes naturally to natural. you, the way you yeah. phrase things? Yeah, and... just even the way I write. I don't mm-hmm. try to emulate anybody or vibe anyone else. It's just what I do, mm-hmm. what I feel. Do you come from one of these musical Cajun families where everybody I, plays? Everybody? I don't. Um, really nobody in my family. My son is a DJ, but he kind of followed his mama. <laughs> but nobody else, really, that I know of. There's no accordion players or guitar players or any of that sort Washboard of... Washboard players. No. <laughs> so you're the, you're the first one in the, uh, in the family to be a musician. To love music, yeah. That's cool. Now, you have a record coming out. We don't know what the record is called. Right, or, but it's going to be Smashing Blonde CD. Smashing Blonde the is the name band. of the band. Right. And Stephanie has a book that just came out, which I have in my hand here. I... Called New Orleans Streets. It doesn't have the word street walker <laughs> on it. You know, it says, the uh, <laughs> publisher was a little worried about having the phrase street walker. Yeah, this is a real publisher, a Pelican. Yes, I mean, this is a real yes, book. yes. They were afraid of what when one Googled the, the something walker, about street walker, New Just Orleans, what itself, what yeah. would come up. So <laughs> it's New Orleans. Streets, yeah. a walker's guide. So Aww. the words are all in there, but just, just sort of rearranged. To is it is it the same articles that were in the paper, or have you rewritten them? I've edited them right. and sometimes rewritten them a little bit, but it's about a hundred of the articles that have been in the newspaper. I mean, it's a really the Times the, the, the 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 weekly uh, piece in the paper is really fascinating. You you would think like how interesting is a story about a couple of houses on a block. But somehow you manage to spin it into, I guess it's because you get to meet the neighbors and you mm-hmm. make it personal. And, and this would be a great sort of gift to people who don't, who don't live here, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think so. And I think it's also good for people who do live here because I don't know about you, but I'm thankful most, for that. Yeah. <laughs> Sergeant Jenkins, take a look at that. Most yeah. people know a couple of neighborhoods in New Orleans. They know the neighborhood right. where they live. They might know the Garden District or in the French <coughs> Quarter, but they don't necessarily know St. Rock. They might mm-hmm. not have ever been down to Araby right. or Old Jefferson. Right. And so it's kind of good for New Orleans people, too, to Explore. get a broader idea of what, what makes up this area where we all live. And it's, very, it's a good job, and, and the book is really cool. It's got Glad a, you like it. It's very nice indeed. What do you think, Yolanda? I think it would be good to get, just to find out and know the history of the different parts of the city. So that, that works. I mean, and it kind of helps explain that thing where you were talking about before, uptown, uptown and downtown. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because in fact the book is organized that way between uptown and downtown or really upriver and downriver. Upriver and downriver are the same as uptown and downtown. I guess it mm-hmm. is because it mm-hmm. follows the mm-hmm. river, obviously. Because mm-hmm. they all say upriver of Canal Street, yeah. downriver of Canal Street. The streets number away from Canal Street yeah. and away from the river. So the river is a mating, major deciding factor in <laughs> how all of these things play out. Because as I grew up, it was go you know uptown, downtown, or the other side of the canal. Or, you know, so that's how you found all your directions and which way you were going when you were looking for something. What do they say when they're chasing people? Do they do they say that as well? Yeah, uh, uptown, red downtown. You know, and it helps everybody. Do they kind say of. uptown Riverside? The yeah. guys running down the and, uptown and, Riverside. And if you here, live here in New Orleans, and you you, you kind of know where you're going. Then now, if you're from somewhere else, you're lost. <laughs> yeah. But no I'm, such thing as north, south, east, and west. So you're chasing some guy who's an alleged criminal, and they, and you're talking to each other on the... Going down Washington Avenue, going to the riverbound. I know where they're going. Going right. down mm-hmm. Washington Avenue, go, I know it's so Lake that helps. Bound. Do they say river and lake and uptown, yeah. downtown, too? Yes. Mm-hmm. And you know which way they're going. Like I said. Who have you chased lately? 
Jeez. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. No. We just have to wait till we get the segue now and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to come back on the show on that segue. Well, we'll, we'll see. They're going to train get us. Get that on video, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's going to be great. Well, that's tonight. You, you're going from here to the yes. segue ceremony? Yes. When I leave here, I'll be going there from 5 to 7 over there. And well, we have to let you go because it's time to get out of here, actually. Yes. It's been great to have all you Thank guys you. here today. Thank it's you been so a fantastic much. show. Very interesting. I think we've learned a lot about things that we didn't know anything about mm-hmm. before we sat down here. The CIA, the military doesn't get paid. <laughs> the Cajuns. The, the Cajuns. Mafia. The Mafia. And identical twins in the police force and tying. Yes. To say, and <laughs> it's very history. interesting. So thank you so much, all of you, thank for, you so for being here. That's our happy hour for today. If you want to catch up with our guests and find out more about them, you can find links to all of them on our website. Our guests have been Tina Jameson from the band Smashing Blonde. We'll have a link to the band, and hopefully you go and... Uh, and take a listen to your album. We'll have some tracks from there as well. Thank you. And, uh, and Stephanie Bruno's book called A Streetwalker's Guide. What is the actual name of the, the ti- official title? New, New Orleans, Orleans Streets. Streets. A Streetwalker. But if you call a bookstore and say, I want the Streetwalker's Guide, they'll know what you're talking they about. They will. Yeah. And we'll have a link to that on our site as mm-hmm. well. It's a really great book. Congratulations on getting thank that out, you. by the way. And congratulations on getting thank your you album so out as well. And Sergeant Yolanda Jenkins, thank you so much for joining thank us. You. And we look forward to catching up with you next time. On a and hearing how you made up with that segue. <laughs> I'm not crazy than that, okay. You've got to send us a photo of you on the segue. On the site. Thanks so much for joining us today. Our producers of the show are Melinda Hawes, Trisha Kaufman, Ali Duffy, and Nicole Howard. Our executive producer is Tanya Castellanos. Mitch Cry does our technical direction, and our music director is Christian Unruh. Our web designer and link to the real world is Cliff Brigden. Our theme tune is written and played by Mitch Foreman, who normally joins us on the show but is actually playing in a real band this afternoon and can't <laughs> be with us. If you'd like to be on the show with us, drop us a line at itsneworleans at gmail.com. Our show is recorded live at the Columns Hotel. We're at 3811 St. Charles Avenue in Uptown New Orleans, which is sort of, what are we on, the Uptown Lakeside of St. Yes. Charles Avenue. The yes. Columns Hotel is a great place to come and have a drink. Come and join us for a cocktail or join your own friends for a cocktail, in fact, here anytime. If you're listening to us out of town and you're looking for a place to stay in New Orleans, the Columns Hotel is a wonderful place to stay. You can check out our other happy hour shows on our site as well as our other shows, including Psych Ward, and listen for other shows <laughs> as well coming up soon. Next time on Happy Hour, we'll see you back here at the Columns Hotel. We'll have tons more shows lined up for you. Until then, thanks for joining us. I'm Grant Morris. See you.